another special edition with tractor zoom and i got kyle mcmahon back on here and we are going to kind of kick around the idea of what we see happening right now in the marketplace um with this whole coronavirus thing going on and what what if any um effects we're seeing on the market and so i guess the best way to start it out is is kyle uh there's a ton of auctions going on there's no no lack of auctions by any means and, and there's plenty of of equipment out there that guys are um messing with and looking to do some stuff with so i guess open it up a little bit with what you see happening out there it's uh inventory galore our uh our our crew is working really hard with all the auctions going on um it seems like there's an, another 10 auctions that come up every single day that we're getting calls on that want to get broadcasted out there a uh, lot lot of inventory moved and I guess as far as the coronavirus is concerned, it's pretty spotty out there. I'd say the trend is it's uh, still a really strong market. But you look at states like Ohio, and they're ban- basically banning gatherings of over 100 people. Yeah, I think Kansas is banning people over 1,000. Uh, we've, we've got a guy down at the tractor pool down in the Cowtown Showdown here this weekend. and. Uh, I mean, auctions in Ohio are literally getting delayed or canceled altogether. Yeah. But the ones that are going on, there's some strength out there. Yeah. Okay, so all these... Which is which is contradicting what we might think of the coronavirus. Right. So how many of these auctions that you see going on right now that have been you know canceled or postponed or whatever they've got going on, how many of them have just elected to go to a straight-up online platform? So I don't have an exact number off offhand of how many there are. Uh, I do know Ohio has been pretty affected with it. I've talked to auctioneers from Illinois to Missouri to Kansas, South Dakota, and Wisconsin today. And nothing directly in their areas, but um, I've talked with a couple of online bidding companies, and they're, they're starting to see a little bit of pressure from that. On the flip side, they're also starting to see some some uh, new business guys who've sold all on site before, saying, "Hey, I got a I got a sale in a month. How do I figure out this online deal?" Right. Yeah. So there's, I got to think that there's going to be some some slowdown in the auction market. Not necessarily because I don't I don't think demand's going to change any. Because I mean, quite frankly, I don't see the price of corn changing much. You know what I mean? Or soybeans or anything. I mean, they've been getting kicked around. You know, they'll gain it all one day and and lose it all the next, and they're everything in between. Cattle prices are limit up and limit down, and everything in between. Um, kind of like what we talked about earlier. It really feels like this was a uh, an extreme reaction to um, just some. You know, I, these markets are all traded by algorithms anymore, so no one really knows how, how to program an algorithm for a, uh, a, a pandemic that's that, and how they react to the 
to the global market, I mean, there's there's not anyone really leading those trades anymore. That that's not a computer driven thing. So the the human emotion part of it is is taken out, and there's a uh, a machine that's just kind of well, you talk if this happens. If these these things happen, then this is what I need to do, and none of this stuff is written, so it doesn't know how to react to a to a global economy just kind of slow down um, in in a matter of you know four days. <laughs> so it, it just all this stuff takes place and and, and just goes crazy. Um, you know, this morning I was looking at a deal, and they were talking about the cruise lines and, and airlines and all that stuff that had gotten just pummeled for two straight days and then today they were all up 35 and 40 percent from the day before um, so it means things like that that are just just kind of this erratic thing so do you any of the guys you talked to today that that were that were uh, kind of talking to you about the different things they see happen in the auction market that they were kind of thinking that there might be a little bit of this, not necessarily a slowdown in the sense that people are going to cancel auctions but there might be a delay in getting these auctions up because more guys trying to figure out how to do a, a proxy bid type of online sell or something like that compared to just their their normal live bids that they've done before yeah i mean if you look at 2019 obviously it was uh it was just n- no fun everybody's glad we passed it but net farm income in 2019 was up you know, yields were more positive than than we anticipated, and everybody had that mark that one marketing opportunity when corn went above four and traded between four and four fifty, right? Right. So it just seems like growers out there today aren't really worried about what the spot corn prices are right now, commodity prices are. Um, it, there's a lot of strength in the market from what we're seeing. Whether we're analyzing our own data or talking to people about what has happened on auctions today and yesterday to pretty wild days as far as the stock market and uh, spread of the virus is concerned. It's, it's, it's interesting to see. I think there's, there's still a lot of optimism out there because net farm income was up last year. Uh, and people are looking to actively upgrade equipment. They're, they're all looking to be a little bit more profitable as years go on, obviously. But it's it's still that spring if you know you can push back a retirement sale but it's pretty hard to push back a consignment or a liquidation sale yeah and a lot of guys are needing cash flow out of that whether they're still trying to buy inputs or uh, what the matter might be but it's easy to delay a retirement sale but it's pretty hard to delay a liquidation or consignment auction at least from what we see yeah those yeah yeah, that's right. That's the thing. Those consignment sales, are, or they have them, you know, if they're a bank-driven thing, they've got a certain drop-dead date, and it is what it is, and that's kind of the risk of a, of running the auction market. But the flip side of that, even a retirement sale is kind of the same way. I mean, there's a lot of these things get put on the calendar, and then if that doesn't happen that weekend then there's or that day or whatever it is, there's, you know, here we're getting really close to starting planning. You know, planning season is just about – 30 days from being just hot and heavy, you know, depending on weather, obviously, but that, that, yeah, there's guys here know. in Iowa pulling in hydras today. Yeah. So now you're looking at what, what's that mean? What's that do? And how's that work? And, you know, if you try to do a, uh, 
an auction of, of any magnitude um, right in the middle of planting season, depending on what's going on, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough thing to pull away. So uh, it feels like if they're going to postpone some stuff, it might have to be till till May or June before they really get into uh, to that what we would no- normally have as a as a spring selling cycle. But I don't want to speak. I'm just kind of talking here out loud. But any hints from anybody about? Hey, we're going to give it a little bit before we start thinking about doing this other stuff? As far as uh, delaying more auctions? Yeah. Not yet. Um, so I, there's, there's three three folks I talked to directly. So the first one was uh, was Van Atkinson auction over in Illinois. And I think he was scared he was. He, he told me he was awfully scared yesterday morning when he rolled up to the auction. Saw so I think his auction was at 10 a.m. and obviously markets open up at what 8:30 our time in the stock market. He sees a big dip and right. he said his first few lots he was selling over there. He was scared, but then quickly saw a lot of optimism. He had yeah. he had plenty of people on site for that sale and a lot of a lot of strong bidders online. Uh, Jared Sutton up in South Dakota, Sutton Auction. They had a really great sale yesterday. A lot of foot traffic, quite a few people online. And then here he got off the phone with Dan Sullivan here a few minutes ago. And he was uh, down in Memphis, Missouri at that Ed's Machinery sale. He said record crowds. He said, and I quote, if I woke, if you woke up in a coma and didn't know what was going on the last month in the market, he he wouldn't have thought anything changed in the market. Yeah, plenty of yeah. plenty of people online, plenty of people uh, on site. Pretty good prices. I was reviewing some of them. Um, there seemed to be a little bit volatile prices there. But you know, I, I really haven't heard any auction or auctioneer that says you know I got a big sale. We're gonna we're gonna totally delay it. However, we're still pretty early. Obviously, we yeah. have a national emergency. Right. Uh, we'll see if that pans out in rural communities. Yeah. <coughs> that's the that's the big thing with that there with that stuff there is that that we're really kind of uh, we're at the very beginning of this thing. I mean, yeah, it's been in the United States for a while, and yeah. Canada's kind of has got it now. Mexico's got it now. Everybody's kind of around us has got it now. 46 out of the 50 states have the coronavirus in it, um, which so by this time next week, everybody will have it in, in their state somewhere. Um, all 50 states will have it. Um, listen to some of the some of the doctors today during uh, Trump's speech. They were talking about how they were expecting some kind of a crescendo you know, in six to nine weeks from now, which kind of follows the same timeline that you saw in China. You know, they've had the, the coronavirus has been there for, you know, since January, and it kind of slowly started to spread around from there. So uh, it's it's a weird, it's kind of a weird feeling right now, and I'm kind of sticking to the, uh, I think that there's a, a lot of hysteria that's going along with this. I don't know that it's even so much because of, people afraid of dying from the disease but i mean obviously there's some there's some groups out there that are going to be uh um more affected than others based on health and age and you know previous conditions and those kind of things but a lot of it is uh, if you get it you 
you're supposed to do this this uh, um, like a like a 14 day uh, um, self quarantine type of thing, and to not do anything for two weeks, especially if it's a a business of some sort, and you got to shut down for two weeks, that's a big deal, and that's going to be. I think, I think that's more the fear than anything else is, and you know, lack of toilet paper obviously seems to be a big problem <laughs> across across the way. But I don't know. There's more things I'm worried about than toilet paper. <laughs> that toilet paper thing kills me, man. This, <laughs> people buying like My cases wife. and pallets and stuff, you know, from from Sam. It just it just makes me laugh. My wife came home from Costco the other day, and she yeah. goes, "I don't know what everybody's worried about. There's pallets and that stuff everywhere." Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> they, they do absolutely. <laughs> Somebody so, did a damn good job there. I guess if we don't have any huge news to report on the coronavirus, other than people are still feeling pretty confident going into the season. I think I saw FarmEquipment.com pulled out a what do they have it a farmer index survey. Yeah, and they claim that it's people are pretty optimistic. Maybe it's people still thinking China's going to start buying stuff finally, whether it's interest rate driven or what it might be. But I mean, what are you seeing out in your neck of the woods? Well, you know, I think you've got. So I had Sean Hackett on here earlier day, and I'm going to post this here in a little bit. But now he's talking about you know here we are, everybody's kind of contracting across the world. Um, with all these different things that are happening and just all the stuff that's happening and, and that sooner or later there's going to come a time when people have got to go back and replenish the stuff they've got. China's quit. I mean, they, they've been taking pork out of strategic reserves and all this other stuff, and they haven't really been importing a lot of stuff in. Uh, I just think that there's a there's an opportunity coming here pretty quick when we're going to see, hey, look, okay, this isn't as bad as we thought. It's starting to kind of curtail itself here in, in, the, in the northern hemisphere um, and in the southern hemisphere as well. You know, Brazil and and the United States are, are starting to really starting to calm down a little bit. And I think as this stuff happens, I think you're going to start seeing as much the, as the uh, stock market and commodity market has dropped, um, you're going to see it take off the other direction and go back up. So there's going to be some good opportunities there, I think, for for um, producers to to forward contracts some some pretty good prices. And when that happens, I think we'll see some similar situations to what we saw uh, last year in 2019. Um, so I think as that happens, we're going to have a, a good opportunity for guys to to upgrade that equipment or do more stuff on auction or whatever it is. And and um, I'm not going to say that they're going to start going crazy and paying a bunch of money for stuff, but honestly, it's going to be a, uh, a slow but sure kind of approach that we've seen a million different times uh, throughout the uh, history of, uh, of farm equipment. So I, I think this is a uh, this summer. I think we'll see some similar situations to what we saw, but it's we got to get there first, and then what, what's that what's that road look like? So that's what's kind of I think worries me a little bit. I, I, I suppose I can see that happening. Um, I, I know a, a bigger thing that we're starting to see, we had our data, uh, data and data science teams start to pull together some numbers, just what's going on in March. And looking at inventory coming across the auction block, you know, I don't know what it is, but we're seeing a uh, big uptick in the volume of self-propelled sprayers out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of them that are that 2000, 
14 to 16 model a year that have got 2,500 hours on them. Right. And prices around those are pretty volatile. Uh, as we sit back and, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, as, as, as producers are sitting back saying, how can I upgrade equipment today and try to be more profitable? Um, you know, sprayer is one of those big items that they can invest in. As guys are starting to offload these, are you are you starting to see uh, a big price reduction in in self propelled sprayers? In, in your area, we're we're seeing a lot of volatility in those markets on the of the two thousand and three thousand hour unit areas. Yeah, uh, we're seeing. Um, I, w- I would say no to um, the the dip in price. We are seeing the volatility. We are seeing guys that are coming to um, the table asking for different things than what they'd asked for before um they're getting some of these guys too when you look at when they get a 2500 hour or 3000 hour sprayer and it was a it was a co-op rig or something like that um that's that's some pretty decent technology for fairly cheap and i think that's what you're driving that's what i see driving the market right now i don't see a bunch of guys totally coming to the table looking for that that 500 hour sprayer um we have a, don't get me wrong we got a few guys out there that have asked about something like that but um or less than 500 hour sprayer but it seems like a lot of the shoppers are in that 1500 to 2500 hour range and they're they're looking to get the majority of that depreciation knocked off that machine and um but it's a price market and it's not a supply and demand market it's a price market and you can argue that, well, you have a supply and a demand, and it's a price-driven thing. But it seems like to me, if it gets above a certain dollar value, um, or sorry, below a certain dollar value, there's no one, no one interested in them. I not see no one, but your interest goes way down, and um, there's just uh, the opportunity to sell those sprayers are, are uh, they're there if if you got them at the right price. What kind of volatility are you seeing on, on, on sprayers? So, for example, we were, we were looking at one that was sold today. It was a 2016 R4038 with 2,500 hours on it, about 116,000. And when we sat back and looked at the data, uh, it, it, all, all of the sprayers of that make model sold between 2,000 and 3,000 hours were all between 104 and $155,000 in the last seven months. And I mean, sitting back looking at, at that data, it sure seems like that vol- that amount of volatility with that tight hour range sold here recently seems to be a pretty big spread compared if we were to look at asset classes, um, that are different. So if we looked at trackers in that same area, they're going to be start trading a lot closer mm-hmm. than, than what those were. So we're, we're starting to see more sprayers of more variability. So I think that there's more choices coming on the market with sprayers, allowing more opportunity and people to be a little bit more picky, if you will. Mm-hmm. But we're starting to see a lot more volume come on the market as, as it becoming to be a more popular item on the farm. Yeah, so the volatility, so that was between, so you had about a $51,000 spread between uh, a seven-month period. Do you yeah. see, is it a steady, 
the start like seven months ago was it the high numbers and now you're seeing lower numbers or is it kind of all over the place in that seven months yeah year over year so if we're looking at all self-propelled sprayers year over year march to march the average price went from granted this is this is a, a, a broad number uh-huh. average price went from 40 48,000 all the way up to $63,000 so that's a and and then the inventory numbers uh, last March that we're looking at 65 units that were sold in just the month of, month of March and here already in the month month of March from the first 10 days of March we've already seen 73 sell so we're seeing a lot more volume on the market and prices going up. So sitting back looking at more volume, bigger prices, what does that tell you? So go back to your to your numbers there from a year over a year ago. You were yeah. what'd you say you were forty something to sixty something? Forty forty right around forty seven thousand up to sixty three thousand. Per unit sold. Yep, average of so, all self-propelled sprayers. I got you. Okay, so, and then that, right now for that and same... The volume, mm-hmm. And the volume has almost tripled. So what you're saying, so now that the volume that you're looking at now is is higher volume, but it's also, I mean, your low, your low side of your range now is 60, almost $60,000 difference. Yep. So is there a lot older sprayers being sold last year than this year? Like a bunch of forty nine thirty type sprayers, like a bunch of two thousand eight, two thousand nine, ten, something like that model sprayers. And that's something we'd have to look at to figure out if it is old inventory or if it is aged inventory coming on the market. Uh, but that wouldn't really tell us uh, of a price increase that's going on right now because it's it's it, it's odd. Obviously, supply and demand would say right. supplies up, demand stays the same. You know? have lower prices we're seeing a big strength in that category and inventory is there yeah it makes it sound like there's 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 older because that's a that's a hundred thousand dollar swing between from a year over year type of deal almost between the high end and your low end 60 to 8, 60 to a hundred thousand dollar swing so there's there's got to be you got to think that there's i mean yes, i hope so there's got to be some a lot of older sprayers being sold at auction. That, that, that kind of makes sense. It seems like last year there were a lot more like older 2007 to 2011 model sprayers being sold that had they didn't have many hours on them. Hypothetically, I mean, like theoretically speaking, I mean, they were more like 3,000, 4,000 hour rigs. But um, can you break it out by brand? Can you see it that way? By make, I, I'd I'd have to I'd have to do some clicking around to pull yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, because that's a. I know I also play a we'll play a role in that too, but but yeah, there is a there is a different because if you do remember this time last year in March it was supposed to be what was that wasn't there something like phase one or something like that was supposed to be done last March and then it didn't happen and then the markets fell off quite a bit and then they kind of ran back up in. Uh, that weather market or issue facilitation program no like the china thing was supposed to kind of take something was supposed to happen in march last year and then all the rain and everything so we had kind of that that weather market kind of built in um from march to about june and then when the china thing didn't happen then that's kind of when the market fell off but 
there's also some of that going on there too. But I don't know. There's it does seem like sprayers are a more sought after rig than we've seen in the past. Um, but it's also again, it's it's a certain hour range that they're looking to to do because it it's a price they're looking for the dollars that are that are there. I think that has a lot to do with it. Makes a lot of sense. What is what are other things that are standing out there to you right now? I know I mentioned this to you last week that the other big price change we're starting to see from is I know it's a I know it's a small category, but but the Baylors, yeah, the Baylor market, uh, whether yeah. they're square, whether they're square or round Baylors, um, we're seeing a, a pretty big uptick in in prices. Mm -hmm. I'd say volume is down. Uh, looking at year over year, we're probably pretty steady. Uh, and certainly our data grows every year, but um, looking at a pretty steady to maybe a little bit down inventory, but prices, uh, average Baylor's, we're looking at from March to March. Right now we're at 15,000 on an average, and then we were at 12.5. Mm -hmm. So that's still uh, around a 20% increase. Yeah, yeah. What about wind rowers? What are you seeing there? Same deal? You know, Casey, I'd have to go pull that data. I don't have it right in front of me. But that Baylor market is hot. I mean, there's there's plenty of that stuff going on. A lot of that, too, is because so much of the of the hay market got was underwater last year. Some of the really key growing hay growing areas just didn't. It was cool. Didn't have the opportunity to make the hay that they made um, in years past. So... That was a big deal. I know up on our, our northern edge of our territory into South Dakota up there, um, northern Nebraska, southern South Dakota, they had so much rain in the sand hills that it just they couldn't even get in the fields to cut uh, prairie hay. So, I mean, stuff like that, it's things you don't uh, you don't really take into account. And the price of hay has gone up, so there's guys that have hay that are, that are updated. So that makes a lot of sense. Definitely makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, well, I guess we've strayed away from the coronavirus. We have done that. No, no big news. No, I, I think this is kind of more of a, a, a hurry up and wait scenario. I think we're going to have the we're going to have a lot of uh, a lot more questions than answers. I think um, before this is all done, but I, I do think we have a just a a little bit more time, especially if the stuff that's happening in China right now, where, where they're they're starting to see um, a decline on new new cases coming through. Um, we'll have to see what happens there, but I think there's, you know, in May we'll have we'll be talking about something different, but we'll you know we'll have to see. I hope we are. We'll have to see. We sure won't be talking about basketball. That's for sure. No, unfortunately. Yep. Yep. Right on. All right. Well, hey, good stuff as usual. We got plenty of plenty of good information here. Where's the best place for folks to go uh, check out Tractor Zoom? What's that, Casey? You broke off. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of good stuff as usual. Where's the best place to go find information about Tractor Zoom? Yeah, I mean, if you guys are interested in looking at what auctions are coming up, go to tractorzoom.com or download the Tractor Zoom app. There are a bunch of auctions going on right now. Uh, like I had said earlier, the data team's going crazy with how, how much inventory is out there. Uh, I encourage you guys to go take a look. And if you want equipment prices, you can either go to uh, Iron Comps, mm -hmm. which helps people value farm machinery based on auction market data, or you can go to Tractor Zoom, 
and go look at TZ Insights. Right on, man. And if folks want to check you out on the social media, it's uh, at TractorZoom on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, right? You got it. Right on, man. All right. Well, Kyle, it's always a pleasure to get you on here and talk to you about this stuff and uh, look forward to uh, having this conversation again here in the uh, coming weeks. So I guess till next time, I'm Casey Seymour with Kyle McMahon. Let's go lose some iron, folks. Out. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years, you'll find us here.